Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tom Pelissero, who is Mike McCarthy's guy in the media, one of them, there's another guy and a girl, had the report last night that the Cowboys are expected to hire Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. Zimmer, 67, the third winningest head coach in Vikings history, long respected for his defensive prowess, a big hire for Dallas, where Zimmer previously coached from 1994 to 2006. Now, before I went to sleep last night, I got, I had two people closely, closely connected with the Cowboys reach out to me and say, hey, it's not It's not totally done yet. It's not totally done yet for whatever that is worth, but it seems like the Cowboys got their guy. Yeah, here's the thing. Why would it it not happen? We would all assume it would not happen due to a head coaching veto because I think we all think the Joneses are big fans of Mike Zimmer. So the fact that essentially the head coach's reporter has come out and said it's done makes me feel like it's done. Regardless of any, like, you know, hey, let's tap the brakes. I'm like, look. If if somebody if Mike McCarthy's favorite reporter is out here talking about it, I think we can safely say it's done. And I gotta say, I am thrilled. And I feel even better after we've been out here this week. And just about every single analyst we've talked to about, hey, who do you think they should pick? When we read out the names, almost every single one has gone Zimmer, 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 Zimmer. So I, I think that falls in line with a lot of what we've looked at and and said about the situation. But I think this is great, and I think the person who should be most thrilled for this is Micah Parsons because I think Parsons is gonna eat with Mike Zimmer. How differently than with Dan Quinn? I think that he's going to use – Merrill Hodge, who we'll talk to later today, he talked about it yesterday, that the A-gap pressure is what he loves to bring. And Micah just kills there when he's rushing up the middle. Uh, and I think that you're going to see him used there a lot with Zimmer. And so that's that's going to be a little bit of a changeup. Quinn liked to move him around a lot more. I think you're going to see Zimmer using him a lot more frequently on the A-gap pressures. He's a good coach. I mean, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with Mike Zimmer. Um, is he a – you know, Rick with a P, absolutely. Um, you know, does he relate to the modern-day player? Maybe not as much as uh, as some of the other guys. Yeah. Uh, but the key is, like, this is a short-term fix. Mike Zimmer's not going to be the coach here for 10 years in the defense. 
No, because no, he'll be the head coach next year. <laughs> Stop <laughs> I it. Better not be. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. He'll be the head coach, what, six games in the season? Seven? <laughs> yeah. And then he'll lose a relationship with his quarterback like he did in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, this is uh, the, when it's a short-term situation. Um, There's a high burnout factor. Yeah, and sometimes those things are, those things really work. So I, it's funny. I was talking about this with RJ Ochoa yesterday. Wow. That uh, we, we were out here talking about the idea of Zimmer. How were you able to talk to him in between him getting all these guests? <laughs> I know. Yeah, he was like, hold on. I got to talk to, uh, you know. Uh, Bruce Smith. We got Biden oh, coming the to Rock's sit down coming with on. us. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, we got Taylor Swift coming to sit down. She's <laughs> giving us an exclusive. Um but no, I was talking to RJ about it, and he's he was not a fan of the idea of hiring Zimmer. And I was like, Zimmer's the best coach. He's like, it's not about Zimmer the coach. That's not my problem. He's like, it's about what Zimmer represents, which is more comfort to them and just like snap decision of like, oh, Zimmer, that's the guy. He's like, it's just, it feels like it was not an exhaustive enough search. It's comfortable guys that they're familiar with. Okay, well, comfort was going to be the last word I thought of when it came to Mike Zimmer. It might be comfort for the Joneses. What really matters is discomfort for the players. And I could not have, man, there's two audio clips, two cowboy clips yesterday, (laughs) and they could not have been more diametrically opposed for me hating one and loving one, and I want to start with the love. Darren Woodson, who got left out of the Hall of Fame yet again last night, went on the G-Bag Nation, and you had told me this, that Darren Woodson just raves and loves Mike Zimmer. This is the should-be Hall of Famer on what the Cowboys are now getting. I can't tell you how many times this year he and I talked about football, like every week. Yeah. Like every week he's calling about so-and-so and this and that, and he's just so engaged in the game that – you know, again, I'm biased by it, but, you know, if you want someone that's going to shock the system, he's not going to be your best friend. He's just not. I mean, he and I became friends after a long time because it was a respect factor that ended up being a friendship. But he's tough, uh, hard-nosed. Uh, some players will not want to play uh, uh, for him because, you know, he's going to – the expectations are going to be harder than they, they've, uh, they've, they've expected in the last few years. Sure. But, he knows the game better than anyone, and he's going to coach hard. And I think that, to me, that's the shock this team needs. Can you think of two more different players in terms of personality than, like, Deion Sanders and Darren Woodson? Like, like they're two pretty different players. One, I think, represents the all about me, I'm out front, look at me kind of culture. And then you've got Darren Woodson, who is more the team guy and the, you know, the, the lunch pail guy. I think that it's important to note that Deion Sanders and Darren Woodson both talk about Mike Zimmer the exact same way. They're two completely different people who talk about him the same way, and I think that speaks to how he's able to reach people. And the reason why I've wanted someone like Mike Zimmer to come in here and crack skulls because of what Tank Lawrence did yesterday as this clip blew up. Demarcus Lawrence sitting down with first take and answering this question from Shannon Sharp. You mentioned how you wish your team was here. Mm-hmm. What happened and why your team isn't here? Uh, all honesty, I think the main thing is we was burned out, man. Uh, you know, long season, um, team dominantly healthy throughout the season. You know, um, the legs get tired. But also, um, you know, you got to give hats off to Green Bay, man. They came out with a great game plan. Um, you know, rolling out towards Micah and then running away from me. I feel like, you know, that's that's what they needed to, you know, get their game started, and they jumped on us fast. <laughs> Dude, just burn it. Look, I mean, they should have had a bye. 
because uh, of the uh, schedule, right? They went to a 17th game. So they should have had a bye. That's they garbage. Should, they should have eliminated a team from the postseason. <laughs> and then they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not. They're not burned out anymore. They're so brain dead. They're so from Mike McCarthy. Talk. They're so unaware. They're so delusional. From Mike McCarthy saying, "We we we we, we have a, we we have a championship program. We just don't have the championship. Uh, it was it's championship culture. It's championship program. We'll be all and in." Tank, and then Tank Lawrence. Yeah, I would just oh, have yeah. to say. How about Jerry's come all in? All in. That's, that's a dumb one. And then burnout. So wow. here, here's the thing. <laughs> and, and I think that this is an interesting thought from the 325 because I think there could be something to this. He says, I think D-Law was holding back what he really wanted to say the way that he hesitated. I will say this. Oh, I saw that from David Hellman and all the other here's, torch car- carriers yesterday, here, including the fan base. Here's so. what I'll say. I know, I know Demarcus Lawrence was not happy at the end of that game with the way a lot of his teammates played and the way that a lot of his teammates approached that game and their mentality and their mindset. And I don't think that – I think he was – I do think there was a pause. That, now, now, I think that he came up with something that he probably thinks we were burned out. Like, I do think he probably thinks that, and that's not a good enough excuse. It's a bad answer. But I do think that there probably was some other stuff there that it was like, do I really want to say this to Shannon Sharp on first take right now? Is this the place where I want to say, yeah. hey – I don't know how much I loved the way Micah played in this game. I, I, you I don't, don't have to do. You don't have to go all into that degree. I love all these freaking homers, and there's a couple of actually. It was a small, small minority. Um, your foam finger wears who are like, "What? He's, he's not going to throw his teammates under the bus." You don't have to take it to that degree, but you don't have to give that dumb of an answer. You sound so foolish. You sound so ridiculous talking about burnout. Burnout is everyone just took it to the number of games on the schedule. And 97% of the Tolos justifiably killed him and lost their minds over why, it. Why wasn't Green Bay tired? They played 17 games too. In fact, they had to fight for their playoff life over the course of the last month. Shouldn't they have been more tired, more burned out, more uh, exhausted it, it, and fatigued? Green Bay, I mean, skipped the first half of the season. That, that's it, how. Yeah, <laughs> 817, what's wrong with what Lawrence said? The truth? Are you mad because he should have lied or because you can't handle Listen, the truth? if that's the truth, then, then that's the truth. No, I'm it's not, not the truth, though. Do you, you, do you think? No, if they were fatigued, then the staff needs to be fired because you're supposed to be prepared for more than 17 games every year. Not not around here. Like how, how, how does it what, well, what playoffs? Yeah, this team doesn't yeah, you prepare be, for eighteen to twenty games. Well, you they, know they, 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 they have no they have they've never done that. You they know you're gonna be twenty five years. You know you're gonna be a playoff team. You know you know you know you're probably gonna be playing a wild card game. Maybe not getting the bye. Um, so that was Tank Lawrence, and then you had Emmett Smith unloading on everybody. Emmett's gonna sit down with us live. At 9.15 this morning in the A number one air hot seat, listen to Emmett on with CBS Sports Radio asked why Mike McCarthy came back. Our team just seems to be lost. I mean, I I just, I cannot put my finger on why it looks so, so bad. So if that's the case, why is Dallas bringing back Mike McCarthy next year? Because I'm not a GM. And and to be honest with you, uh, I thought that that move would have been made uh, because of how bad it looked. Um, I, I, I think our team and organization right now give the appearance of becoming a great organization and being a great team. And they sell everybody on it every year. And, and selling people on it and getting the ratings around it is, 
is something that's important. Mm. But I think there are things that are much more important than all of the hype. Uh, I've never known the Cowboys organization to be a hype organization. What? Uh, <laughs> but I think over the, when you look at our teams, we make the playoff. We look like we're capable of going all the way, but we don't uh, for some odd reason. I think that's a mental block. I think it's part of preparations of players not meeting the challenge and the expectations of becoming great and establishing your dominance as an individual player or as a group of group of men. Um, and I don't see that consistently um, from our team and our organization. Here's what I love about this offseason so far, and I don't love a lot of it except for Mike Zimmer. Everyone is officially fed up. Yeah. Everyone's fed up. Us, fans, and now all the former players are lashing out. Michael Irvin, Moose with us. When we got done that Moose interview yesterday, I said, whoa, he kind of came strong. He went at the organization. Darren Woodson saying that Mike Zimmer needs to come in here and kick some people's asses. And then Emmett Smith, preach, 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 22. Everyone is sick of it. I, I love I, I love hearing the, the guys from the 90s team talk about this team because when they see them, you can see it on their face. You can, ask Nate Newton. Nate Newton, who does stuff at DallasCowboys.com. Anytime you see him talk about this team at the end of the season, how things were, he's, like, physically disgusted. Like, knowing the teams that he yeah. was on and the way that they competed, he'll say it all the time. He's like, we don't have any glass eaters. We don't have any guys who will kick your ass. We don't have any, like, guys who are tough, who, who you're intimidated by. And I, I think that that is something that because of those guys and, and, and how hard they had to fight to keep up with San Francisco for four years and, and what they had to go through to get through the NFC every year, I think they're really turned off and disgusted by – a Cowboys team that has it all in front of them and does not have this just incredibly difficult path, and they still can't get by it. This is the one that 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 hurts like the most. Like the Emmett is the, um, he is the like the, the the most revered of the '90s players. You know, like Aikman is and and Urban are more in the spotlight now because of their jobs. Emmett's not. But if you were to go ask anybody like that was that was a fan of that team, like who was. The catalyst, the who was who was the best player on that team? They would say Emmett, right? Like you know, Irvin had the emotional you know, leadership, and Aikman was the quarterback. But you know, most people just kind of revere Emmett more than anybody else. And for him to go out of pocket like this and speak like that, like if that doesn't get the Joneses, um, you know, up, then nothing will. And and it's not going to because and, yeah. nothing does, right? Um, you know, and just and you can look, you can point right to the Mike Zimmer hire. Like was, they went, they did the same thing they always do. Now, was it a good hire? Probably, but they just weren't comfortable. Mm. They just went, they only hired Mike Zimmer because they knew him. That's the only reason. Had nothing to do with anything else. I, I, was, we know Mike. I, I, I'd like to share an adjusted version of a famous quote from 635 Highway Builder Lyndon Baines Johnson. I don't and think he, he says, built the highway. I think he did. That's, that's why they <laughs> named just it after go, I, I don't think he I think they did. That's why they named it after him. <laughs> Tom Landry get out there he, he, on his hands and knees if, and put those reflectors in if, the middle of the highway? He, he is, once, it, is he responsible he for the construction said, on 30? Because if he is, he can go screw himself. He once he said, have been fired earlier. <laughs> he's going to turn from the Bass family to Lyndon Johnson. Uh, Lyndon Johnson once said, if I've lost Walter Cronkite, I've lost America. If you've lost Emmett Smith, you've lost Cowboys fans. <laughs> wow, what an inside the star here. Friday edition of Sean, RJ, and Roberto on DFW Sports Station. How happy is Luca? And what's the next move for the Mavericks? We have the answers to both after NBA trade deadline day. And y'all want to get rid 
of the man who just finished second in the MVP voting? You really want to do that after last night? We'll talk about it after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Have been able to hang in here. Donchick splits the double, kicks it. Green in the corner, and he's fouled, and it goes... I was planning on just goofing off today, but so much freaking news taking place. Mavs beating the depleted New York Knicks because of the NBA trade deadline, and they made a couple of moves themselves. Good morning, Metroplex. Shout out to the 6 a.m. club. Thank you for turning it on, leaving it on throughout our Radio Row week here in Vegas and watching, especially on YouTube and Twitch. Sean Sharif, Ralph James, and Roberto Belt. So the Dallas Mavericks, I'm going to give you Twitter reaction to the deals that they made. Uh, getting rid of Grant Williams, not trading Josh Green, and getting P.J. Washington along with the big man, Daniel Gafford from the Washington Wizards. All things Mavs. Dallas has traded two players that did not touch the court and one that was becoming unplayable for a starting caliber power forward and an elite lob threat, rim-protecting backup center. Mavericks, who have averaged 11 points a game, eight boards, two blocks, and one steal in a season of franchise history, Daniel Gafford, that's it. Boom. And then you have P.J. Washington, who is a score, someone that can create his own shot. So now you look at, and by the way, Woj reported like Luca was very enthusiastic about this. Quote, I was told that Doncic was very excited about the idea of landing PJ. I think that was a little bit of a motivating factor that he was excited about the possibility of getting him at this deadline to add him to this team in order to make a run. So now you're looking at the depth chart of Luca, Hardy, Kyrie, Hardaway, Exum, Green, Jones Jr., PJ, Maxi, Lively, Gafford, Powell. There you go. 
It's a, I mean, it is a passable rotation. It genuinely is. Like, like I, I, I don't see how there's any way to genuinely like, – like, I feel like if you're upset by the moves that were made yesterday, you're just like, meh. Like, I feel like there's a little bit of like, okay, well, you're just – you're going to be unhappy about anything they do short of like going and getting a Dame Lillard trade. And I'm sorry, that's not going to be the case. But when you look at how much this team has fallen apart defensively every time Derek Lively is out, <laughs> then you need somebody like Daniel Gafford. Right. When it, you look at Grant Williams being a black hole, and so you go, okay, well, here, you know what? We're going to put somebody in here, P.J. Washington, who is the same type of player who we wanted all along and is actually performing this year. There, There's no way to spin this other than the Mavericks got better yesterday. Like, I think they did get – not like leaps and bounds better, but what they are now is that you're looking at a team that, especially if Josh Green can continue to play the way he has over the last two weeks or so, you're looking at a team that is genuinely improved and can win a playoff series. Uh, yeah, like look, they're they're better from the Gafford situation that when Lively's off the floor, they still can maintain a big who can play defense, protect the, you know, get rebounds, protect the rim. You know, PJ is is better than Grant, but it's like he, if Grant was a four, he's a five. Like you know, on the scale of one to ten, it's not like it's not mm. so much better. Where it's like, oh my god, we're going to see this. Most of their you know player efficiency ratings are about the same for the year. They're they're, they're both not great. Um, Grant was not very good, and PJ's you know a little bit like a little bit better than not very good. No, average. no, PJ's a good player. He's not. All right, well, the numbers don't say player. that. Uh, you know, like yes, break down. Do I do I break fall, down per for me? Do I? I don't know the formula. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Well, so, I mean, we, can't, that, we can't just blindly read on that. I can't tell you. I, honestly, I, I could not even tell you how to calculate ERA in terms of the formula and how to do it. It's very simple. ERA? Yeah. It's, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, do math, no. man. It's very, very simple. That doesn't mean that you don't reference it. Okay? That's just dumb. Um, well, so but, Grant but the, was eight points a game. PJ, 13 points a game. I, I know what you're saying about efficiency stuff. That yeah. Like just, the PER was like, you know, nine to eight or ten to nine, something like that. Which is better. It's an upgrade. You know, but yeah, do you want me to fall into one of the categories like, yeah, if you don't get Dame or somebody of that ilk, it's a failure? It's not a failure, but, like, you're not – they're not closer to winning a championship because they're not winning a championship this year. <laughs> all right? They're not winning – and we all can agree on that. They're not going to win the championship. They're not going to get beyond, at most, the second round. All right? So, if you're not going to do that, what am I excited about? I'm excited that they're a little bit better. No, man. Like, I'm not. I, like, I'm not excited they're a little bit better. They're not – close to being good enough so what is my excitement level if you want me to be like a Mavs blue belly you know uh, blogging the Mavs or whatever the hell their <laughs> stupid websites are oh my with those idiot fans that don't shut up on social media oh, and wow. kill you if you if you if you say anything bad about one of their beloved players I mean miss me with all that like are they a good team no they're a team that is going to fight and scratch to be at best the sixth seed like, I'm, how am I supposed to get all excited about that? Mm. Better rebounder, P.J. Washington or Grant Williams? Oh, we're going back to this. No, I'm just I'm saying, go th- if, you, if, you go, if you go through it, he's better at everything. Yeah, okay, again, I did not say he wasn't better. I said he's barely an upgrade. Okay, but let's even just say barely an upgrade in just about every category. Grant Williams has been a better three-point shooter generally. But if you talk about barely an upgrade even still, and I don't think it's barely, but if you say barely an upgrade in each category, that – comes together to be a significantly better player than what Grant Williams has been this year. Grant I, Williams has been awful. I agree with both of you. Uh, I agree with Bobby from the standpoint of P.J. is definitely better than Grant Williams. I agree with Choppy on the grand scale of this not making you anything serious. Selfishly, I am excited might be too strong. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the second half of the Mavs season now with something different. 
I'm, yeah, I'm just being honest. Yeah, I'm just being honest. I want to turn on the game, and I want to see a new player, and I want to see how he fits, and two new players. It was an untenable situation they were in before. Yeah, like, I was tired of watching new. them. Try something new. I was already tired of watching them. Uh, it was like Luka historic, Kyrie when he plays, uh, otherwise is Lively's nose broken or not. Yeah. And I want a reason to watch. This is God's honest truth. I'm giving you the real real. I want a reason to be interested and intrigued in the second half. I am now, at least until I get bored, and yeah, yeah. they're the same old maps. But I agree with you overall for the grand scale of things. Are they, you know, when you say closer to a championship, that's very triggering, you know. Uh, are they a better team? Yes, they should be a better team, if you would re- want to rephrase it like that. So yeah, they're, 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 they're a better basketball team. Uh, they're a better basketball team that is today no closer to winning a championship. And that's okay. That wasn't their. Well, technically they're closer. See, that's, it's the it's the way you phrase it. Technically, like if they're better than you, you're technically closer. Did you, did you think this team could win? You know what I mean? I'm being I'm being a jackass. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, te- they they moved. Did they move in the right or wrong direction? If you moved in the right direction, then you're technically a little closer. Here's the thing. Fair. They've got they've got a significantly. They have a significantly better chance of winning a playoff series now. That is the case. And so just that, by that, the, you are absolutely closer. That's an interesting statement. That's a statement to debate. There are there are a handful of teams that are able to win the championship, and then there are the rest of them that are not. Did you think they were capable of getting to the West Finals when they did a couple years ago? I don't think no, any of us absolutely did. absolutely not. It was a fluke run. Yes. Okay, but, but what I'm saying absolutely is that not. when you've got two stars like that and you do build a solid rotation of role players, you do have the ability yeah. to go on those kind of fluke runs. Look, they had no chance of even a fluke run I mean, before yesterday. I agree. And listen, you have okay. to. They had to do something. What they had was not going to work. It was not going to work. It, yeah. was, it was a disaster waiting to happen. Um, so from that standpoint, it's good. But, like, you know, like – if I'm looking at this from a fan perspective, like what am I really rooting for here? They're not going to win the championship either way now, still. So, yeah, is it good that they got better? Absolutely. Are they really a threat? No, they're not. So, like, my excitement level is like, oh, man, it's not like I, I sit there. Okay, I cannot wait to watch the next Mavs game. Like, I can't wait to sit there and, 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 and you know, take notes on the next Mavs game. Like, that's not – we're not there. Here is Nico on what P.J. and Gafford bring to their new squads. Yeah, I think um, I think if you look at, you know, P.J., the biggest thing about him is, is he can score. I mean, I think a couple weeks ago he might have had 40 points or something like that. You know, he can get, he can get high, he can shoot. Um, he can create, uh, so it's just versatility, but also uh, rim protection. All right, turn, you know, turn this off. <laughs> Look, you've done great work this week. Uh, I don't know who sent that audio, Pepe, but let's not get it in front of a generator next time that I want from Mr. Electric. Here, here, here's one of the things I'll look at, is that when they made the Kyrie trade last year, you remember what he was talking about? They were fourth in the West at the time. Like, we all thought, like, the Kyrie trade put them in position to, to make a move. They are two games better right now than they were at the same time last year. So I'm saying that small improvements to a team that is better than the one at the same point last year that we had said when they acquired Kyrie, oh, this might give them a chance to push over the edge. I just think that they do have – I don't think there's really any debating that they've got a better shot right now to make at least a deeper push into the postseason than they did two days ago. And it sounds like more could be coming – as Shams reports that the Mavs are expected to pursue Spencer Dinwiddie in the buyout market. Mm. Lakers were mentioned. I think he threw in Milwaukee, but he definitely said the Mavericks um, expected to pursue Spencer Dinwiddie. 
uh, for a little bit more scoring punch. Look, he has been pretty awful. We were talking about that the other day. He's been pretty awful in Brooklyn. But he, you know, look, NBA, I feel like more than any other, when you talk about the other professional leagues, I feel like NBA is such a how comfortable are you where you're at? Like how I like like I feel like that can make a such a net positive impact that yeah, if he wants to come here, I bet he'd play better here than he did in Brooklyn. So sure, add him to the rotation. Shout out to the six AM club, Sean Shreve, RJ Choppy, Bobby Belt, our guest of the week, Mark Schlereth will be on at seven twenty as he is making his entrance here into Radio Row. But uh, here's a guy we grew up on, NFL films, X's and O's. ESPN analyst Merrill Hodge on how to fix the Cowboys and everything else. If you're an NFL lover, we may get into a little analytics debate as well for the second time this week with Merrill Hodge next on 105.3 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We're about to speak with former NFL player and ESPN analyst Merrill Hodge. You were calling out some of his best hits that he had had. Uh, well, yeah, because you know, the Fantex brought this up for the three-two-five. Man, remember Mer- Merrill was all against Vince Young. Yeah, coming out of uh, coming out of college, and I remember Merrill was like, "Nah, he's like a third-round pick." I think he's he either, got Baker right. It's either Baker or Manziel. I can't remember which one it was. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, Manziel uh, may have been Baker too. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, I was like, "Ooh, dang! He did. He nailed it. He nailed the Vince Young one." So this was yesterday, right after the show. Just so you know, when we bring up other defensive coordinator names, because if you're just joining us, the Cowboys are bringing in Mike Zimmer. So that is happening. Mike Zimmer is going to be the Cowboys' next defensive coordinator. We talked about him and everything else with Merrill Hodge yesterday on Sean and RJ. One of the things that we in Dallas, I think from you know an analyst and a fan perspective, one of the things that gets talked about a lot with this Cowboys team is they're, they're very finesse, and they've been very finesse for a couple of years now, offensively and defensively. Like, pin your ears back and rush and play super fast and attack and on offense. Let's, you know, push the ball down the field and, and do things like that. And we all kind of feel like they just lack that toughness and that physicality that that seems necessary to to win in January and win in February. As somebody who came from Pittsburgh and, and played in a very physical system, 
is, is there a lack of respect for those types of teams? Do you look at them and say, like, they, they can't compete come January? They, they don't have that physicality. They don't have that toughness. And that's, that is a necessary component if you want to win a championship. Well, I will tell you, you know, listen, I've, I've worked for a, with a lot of great coaches. Jimmy Johnson would be one of them. Did, we worked together one year during the draft. Um, Marty Schottenheimer, um, Bill Parcells, um, John Gruden, and then I played for Chuck Knoll and Bill Cower. So I've played for and worked with some of the greatest minds in the history of our game. If you pin them down to what is one of the most critical components to winning successfully in the National Football League, and it still exists today, is that you have to control the tempo of a game. How do you control the tempo of a game? You stop somebody's ability to run the football. Now that neutralizes one phase of their offense, and now it makes it easier to defend. Mm -hmm. And then if we can establish a running attack, rather that is a power attack, which I would favor. Okay, why are the Ravens always in it? Even though, you know, Lamar got it, they forced him to play quarterback in that game, and he struggled with that. But up to that point, nobody could control the tempo when you played the Ravens. Yeah. They controlled the tempo until Kansas City controlled the tempo. One of the best ways now, if you, just, if you tour have that discussion with all those people I just talked about, I think most of them would lead to a power-type running attack to control the tempo of the game. That would be their favor in their running, in their running game. Um, having a perimeter type of running game is, doesn't mean you can't have a, a physical presence because Ron, uh, Ron Earhart, um, one of our offensive coordinators who won the Super Bowl when they beat the Buffalo Bills, who's offensive coordinator for Bill Parcells, was our offensive coordinator when he came to Pittsburgh. And we, our predominant running game was the perimeter running game but it was a power style of perimeter running. So what I'm getting at is if you had to select a power running attack is the best is what I was if I was going to establish an offense that is exactly that's the first thing that I would put in. I'd put it here's what we are going to do every Sunday. And people that do that, I played with coordinators, I played with um, um, Ron Earhart, Tom Moore. Tom Moore was my first offense coordinator who orchestrated all of Peyton Manning's career. Um, even in Peyton Manning's career, they had a running game, but they have a unique quarterback that they could do some different things with. Like I used to, we used to joke all the time, I go, why don't we run an offense like that when we played? And we didn't have Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And that's what good coordinators do. You go to what you do well. Now, I, th I think what the Cowboys did do, you know, you, you did create a little more efficiency from your quarterback position, you know. And I keep in mind, that's new learning for him, and I expect him to be a lot better this year than he was last year. To add a – a, a power type phase to their running attack i i would not I, listen that wouldn't bother me at all if i was the dallas cowboys because i think that would give me a lot better chance to play the teams like you're going to play in washington new york and philly merrill so. hodge here on 105.3 the fan with all this talk about the run i'm going to venture to guess that you're not the biggest analytics guy you're right. There's one. There's there's one only. Oh, there's actually one stat. And actually, this is true. Did you know I, that before you booked him, RJ? I know you wouldn't have booked him if, if he didn't love. I don't, I don't have a. I don't. I don't. I'm not anti anti analytics. I'm not anti the anti analytics people. Yes, you except are. for Michael Lombardi. Yes, yeah. you are. <laughs> here, here's the here. This is true. That there's only one statistic, only one that matters, and you can't get it until the end of the game. But only it is the greatest statistic for indicating wins and losses in the National Football League, and that is turnovers. There's nothing else that trumps that statistic, none. But you don't get it till after the game. So, you know, how, how much they pull the guard, you know, how much the tackle, pull. I mean, all of that stuff is. Uh, 
Listen, I don't get – well, here's what I use analytics for to support what I see on tape. Tape leads sure. me to everything. Yeah. Tape tells me everything. And, you know, I, I could tell you how many runs they go to the strong side versus the weak side, how many times the guards – are they a, a pin-and-pull team? Mm-hmm. You know, are they a zone-reading team? Are they a man-blocking team? Are they a zone-blocking I don't need a statistic. Statistics don't tell me how good they are at it anyway. You know, they don't – like, you know, people use um, – um, completion percentage for accuracy. That doesn't tell you anything. It tells you they completed the ball, period. Right. You know, and, and when I see these um, tight windows, what's a tight window? You know I mean? What's that? Mm-hmm. Explain a tight window to me. And if somebody's is wide open and that's a completion, to me, did he run after the catch? All these other things come into play that a statistic can't tell you. How is his pocket presence? Give me a statistic that tells me about pocket presence, how, he's feel, how he feels, how he moves, slides, you know, manages the pocket. There's no statistic that can tell you that. Tell me the statistic that's going to give me is the guy tough. Yeah. Okay, tell me the t- t- statistic that tells me the guy plays smart. I don't want to test at the stupid combine. That's, that's the dumbest. <laughs> if anybody wants to destroy that, just to take the C.J. Stroud garbage that you did. Yeah. And whatever team said, oh, he's not a smart player. Okay, he didn't play dumb. I didn't ever watch, I never watched him on one game go, man, I question that guy's ability to process stuff. One of the, most, the smartest people I saw playing football. I don't care he did, he did bad on a test. So he's not good on tests. Irrelevant to football. So right. I just, that's just how I look at, at statistics. I don't think they're – I don't ignore them, but I don't. They do not drive me to my evaluation of a team or an an individual player. Merrill, give us your X's and O's kind of story on some of our defensive coordinator names to replace Dan Quinn: Mike Zimmer, Rex Ryan, <laughs> Wink Martindale. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, all three are unique and different. Now, as soon as I hear Rex Ryan. I think of his dad because I played against his dad yeah. when he was with Houston Oilers. And I, he did some of the most bizarre, crazy things. We actually in practice on a Thursday. And this one, I think they had about five first-round draft picks for the Houston Oilers, and they were all on the defensive lineman. And they would play all five of them. Wow. And what they would do is they would line them up. They wouldn't go five head up. Sometimes they would do. But sometimes they'd start at one guard and, wide, and they'd have two guys outside the tackle. Okay, so we actually in practice, um, and since I was our third down back too, um, we would literally talk about it like this. Go, our coach, my coach would talk to us, me about. I I just can't tell you exactly what they're gonna do. You just got to adjust to it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that is how we would go into his game plan. He would do some things that would be like unsound, but they would do it in such a reckless fashion, and they would do it in a way that you'd miss the guy that they didn't account mm-hmm. for. Okay, so. Um, <clears throat> In our second time, that's why in, within the division, we started to figure him out, and we had some answers for the mysteries. Right. Um, but that's when I kind of I think about Rex Ryan. There's some there's a, a some wildness to it. Some some he's I, he's a lot like his dad. Yeah. Okay. So he has that. Now, that, now they are gonna come after you though. You know, you better be prepared. I mean, it is not gonna be. Oh, after the fifty, they're gonna come at you. You never know when they're gonna come at, and you don't know what they're coming at you with. Um, who did you have in there? Mike Zimmer. Okay, Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. I mean, I've, I've always loved Mike Zimmer from, you know, he's an A-gap pressure guy, and he does so many things off of that. And I think he is one of the best in, in football period for 20, 30 years of doing that. I think he does a great job. I and mean, that's a stressful thing, and you challenge your players. they got to be really buttoned up and to be sound to adjust. You, you, they, we all see it the same way. 
is if you're the guard and it's in the A-gap, I know you're going to take that, and then I'm going to reach the other guy on the outside or whatever the, the, mm-hmm. the rule is. I can't have you and me blocking the same guy, which that's what he does. He challenges that. that everybody's going to see it the same way. All we need is one guy to see it wrong, and he challenges that. So I love that aspect of him. And the third guy was Wink. 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 Well, Wink has always been, you know, all these guys demonstrate pressure. You know, Wink has been, um, he, he's going to create all kinds of devices and phases and ways to look. What's the best one? Well, what's his name? Zimmer's been there before. 13 you know, years, yeah, I think. Zim, was it 13 he, I think or he went, 7? <laughs> I think he went was, from there to Cincinnati, didn't he? He did, Cincinnati, right? He, then, he was the coordinator for seven years here. He coached here for 13. So they have a good feel for him. You know, I don't, then the people that you have, I don't know, I don't think Zimmer might be, a, from my perspective, a better fit for what Dallas needs. Merrill Hodge sitting down with us here, former NFL player, analyst we grew up on on the home of the Cowboys. How shocked are you that Belichick is not coaching? I am not. Um, and I don't think that what we don't know about the Belichick is the, the times that he was just like, you know what, it just doesn't, it doesn't, that fit, that doesn't fit me. I don't have enough time. Now, listen, if you're going to look at the any, here's where the, I think a lot of organizations make mistakes is you come in and you're, you're already re, you're rebooting every two years. Do you know how hard it is? I don't care what business you're running. Mm. Every time you're rebooting two or three years later, you cannot be successful because you you're rebooting all the time. Yeah. Right. And I, I just think that both sides have to look at, is the, can he run a five, ten year window for me? And uh, you got to be, you got to think strongly about that. And that's probably a no. Um, does he have a quarterback that he thinks that he can? The answer work to with that's right probably a no, because of his age. I think because of his age. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just think that you, you have to consider that. It's like, boy, can I? Does he got? Does he got ten in him? Yeah. You know, because I'd like to I'd you, like to give him the time to build, and yeah. that's what it's going to take. Do you agree with the stylistic concerns of too rough and gruff for today's NFL, the personnel drafting concerns that are out there of him? Well, like, you know, when I think what well, I think what Bill Parcells has done a pretty good job of overall, um, where a lot of teams don't, is Bill Parcells – I mean, Bill Belichick, sorry. Even Bill Parcells would do this, but Bill Belichick, is when they make a mistake, this is the, this is one of the biggest mistakes that all organizations mm-hmm. make. Let's say you draft a first-rounder. You know your second year, we made a mistake. Yep. Okay, you don't say we made a mistake and get rid of him. You're like, ah, let's hang on to him one more year. And then, you know, then you're in your yeah. fourth year, and I'm like, why did I do that? Because what are you telling your team? Okay, I want the best to you. You give me the best. Then I'm not going to give the best back to you. I'm not going to put the best player out there. I'm, doing, I'm using a guy that's right. killing us. I, and almost every team team does that i would say bill belichick for the most part was probably the one of the best after two years get rid of him do you, have you dinged, if he wasn't the guy have you dinged him as a uh his legacy post brady like like oh it's all tom no uh listen i i because i know the value of coaching and i know the, you know the value of good players too and that was a great mix for a long time and i'm not going to upgrade one or downgrade the other bill belichick and listen this comes from a guy played for Chuck Knoll, one of the greatest, a Mount Rushmore in the National Football League that, you know, would hard for me to say there was somebody better. The reason I would say Bill Belichick was better than Chuck Knoll, Chuck Knoll resigned because he did not want to play the environment of free agency. Like, I asked him, the last game at Three Rivers, we were standing there, the Washington Redskins came in to play. Last game, and I said, do you miss it? And he turned to me and he said, I'm not a recruiter. 
and that hit it. Mm. I was like, he wasn't going to play the free agency role. He wasn't going to go out. He wanted to build via the draft. Okay, the only reason I share that, Bill Belichick has won Super Bowls and won in both those environments. I can't even tell you how hard. And if you if you backed up and said, can anybody do that? I'm like, no. Basically, the environment and the adjusting that has to take place, and he did it. And I just – and the way he's done it is, I think, is extraordinary, and nobody's ever done that in the history of our game. Merrill Hodge here in the A number one air hot seat. Talk to us about what you're doing with PN Medical. Well, it's actually breather fit. Now, <laughs> did you know at age, once you get to age 30, your um, respiratory system starts to decline if you don't do any cardio? Okay, now, this would mean nothing to me because I've been doing cardio, I've been training my whole life, but I had open heart surgery. Before I could leave the hospital, I had to strengthen my respiratory system. I had to strengthen my lungs. So I'm like, oh, wait a minute. They had my attention. I'm like, what do you mean? I didn't realize your respiratory system and your heart are separate. They just work together. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could train your respiratory system in a way to help you breathe better. So think of you. Don't do any cardio. By age 30, you start to slowly decline. So that means less oxygen going through your brain efficiently every day. Well, oxygen is a vital component to overall health. We may not think it like right. that. And the ability to breathe, and the easier that you breathe, the healthier you will be. So I was like, well, I don't, I've done open heart surgery. I've experienced it getting out of a hospital. I'm like, I'm going to put it to the test. And so I actually, this happened on accident. I go on a trip where all I did was lift and stretch. I didn't really do much cardio. I come back 10 days later, and I start my cardio back up. And I'm like, but I kept the breather with me. So I did it twice a day. For, it takes about five minutes. You can do it anywhere, sitting. Um, it's not complicated. You don't got to have a gym. You've got to drive. But I stayed working on that. And so when I went to start working, I could tell looking at my heart that it had been off for two weeks. You know, my heart rate was getting a little higher yeah. quicker than it normally would. But my ability to breathe was easier. And I was like, holy cow. <laughs> there's so much. I mean, there, so you wouldn't think much of it that your respiratory system can be trained. So let's say you're not doing anything cardiovascular-wise, anything physical-wise. It would be a great way to start just to eat improve your overall breathing yeah. ability and capacity and then hopefully that would spark you to maybe do a little more to invest in your health and you get a healthier happier life out of it merrill thank you so much for yeah, sitting thank down you with guys. us again another year always appreciate it there he is merrill hodge in the a number one air hot seat uh mark schlereth guest of the week will be joining us at seven twenty during the expressway but does anyone want to change their minds about kicking Dak out of town after what happened last night during the NFL Awards right down the street from us. That's next on Sean and RJ 105.3 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 